by now you'd have seen there's a new SDK update. Let's find out more. Hi, I'm Ian Thane. Welcome to another SAP Co Talk. And as I said, you know, there's a new SDK for iOS update out there. And who would I call? Andreas, thank you for joining me. Hey, Ian, good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. So, as I said, it's now there, out there, it's now available. So, I thought we'd spend a few minutes, if you may, and I will quiz you and try and guide the, uh, the viewers of Co Talk through what's, uh, what's available. So, um, let's hit the first subject, um, usage collection, and the, the subject that's on everybody's lips at the moment, GDPR. Yeah, Ian, right. Uh, we have a timely release this time um, because actually we are doing some things to support people being building apps that are GDPR compliant. Uh, we've all seen the implications. We need to ask users for consent before doing anything. We all need to store data. Uh, we not need to have consent before we're allowed to store private personal information. Uh, on our service and doing anything with it. Um, so there has been a feature in the SDK since version 1.0 that we released already two years ago um, that we that allows us to collect usage information. Um, so we did a couple things here. One is we improved the feature itself. So we have it now more automated that if people do want to collect usage information, it's now a lot easier to set this up and collect a, a range of standard usage events, like, you know, the. The app is loaded, how long is the app being used, which device is the app running on, these kind of things. And we also have nice reports that we can generate uh, around these. But obviously, uh, our customers need to be very careful when it comes to collecting this data and then processing this data. So we have also built new UI controls that can be used to ask users for consent of data, for data collection. Um, so typically, you would ask the user upfront when the user onboards to the app, that you know, there's your data privacy statement, and you're, this is what you're going to do, and you ask users for consent. So we have UI that allows to integrate this in the app nicely, following Fiori for iOS guidelines, um, and that way we help customers being compliant. Even though it has to be stressed here that it is still our customers' responsibility to be GDPR compliant. So what we do is we give you tool sets, but ultimately you need to be careful with legal obligations in your geography and be compliant with GDPR and any other regulations uh, that might apply in your, in your region. Excellent advice there. Yeah, as you say, it's still down to you guys. We can give you as much to make it easy for you to, to build this stuff, but it's, it's still down to you guys. Now, that, to me, straight away with usage and GDPR, I still think, I'm thinking straight away uh, onboarding. So what about onboarding enhancements on top mm -hmm. of what you just mentioned? Right, yeah, so in addition to these consent screens that have single multiple screen consent forms, we've made a couple more enhancements to the onboarding flow based on feedback that we've received over the last couple of months. Um, the first one is, uh, a very nice one is that uh, we do support already the passcode policy that you can configure and define on the server. So you can turn on or off touch ID and face ID, require a 10 character alphanumeric string, whatever you, you configure there. Uh, we've now built in the logic into the onboarding and restore flows to also dynamically react on passcode changes, passcode policy changes on the server side. So if the administrator decides to change the passcode policy and users onboard the next time and the settings come down to the device, we will then actually notify the user and we'll automatically inform the user of a required change and require user input if needed 
uh, based on the nature of the passcode policy change. Um, so that's very neat. Um, you don't need to you know, force, force users off and re-onboard them again, but they can just do this dynamically, automatically, and developers don't need to do anything. For that, it'll just work. Um, another security-related enhancements that we've implemented across uh, the server as well as the SDK is that we now support what we call a lock and wipe policy in, in mobile services and in the SDK. What this means is uh, administrators can force users to connect to the server regularly so that we can also make sure that they are still with the company, they can still authenticate and rent valid credentials, work on the latest settings from the server. And the lock and wipe policy allows to configure lock timeouts. So if a user hasn't connected to the server for X days, we will then lock the application and the user will only be able to unlock the app when he goes online again. And then the next escalation kind of would be the, the wiping, wipe out policy so that if the user hasn't connected after Y days, even longer, we would actually then wipe the device and force the user to re-onboard completely again. So this can be used to make sure that users operate on current policies and are actually still with the company if, if it's an offline app and hasn't been connected to the server uh, for quite a bit. Um, yeah, so this is it on the security side on, on onboarding. Uh, we've also added um, support for theming uh, support as well in the onboarding flow. Um, we have theming in the SDK since very long, but so far we didn't have a really suggested way how to actually apply a theme, how to provide a theme and apply it to an app when it's running. And now we've also made this part of the onboarding flow that the onboarding flow will connect to the server, see if there's a theming definition file waiting on the server. And then if there is one, we will actually download it, cache it, persist it locally on the device and automatically apply the theme so that the color scheme and whatever you've defined in your theme will change and, and be applied to, to the app. So that can be used for app store apps that are rolled out to multiple different customers so that each customer and then provide a, their own custom theming file, uh, depending on their corporate identity. And it's, again, supported now out of the box without the need to write any additional code uh, other than just using our onboarding controls. And really, the only thing that you need to do when you want to use all of these features is you need to update your onboarding flow definition, the, the, the sequence of onboarding steps that we have, and make sure that you are using the latest versions of all the steps or also adding the new steps that we are delivering. In your, in your app. Uh, a good way of getting started with this is probably just to generate a new app with the latest assistant and look at how the onboarding is laid out there. And that'll guide you and show all these different new enhancements that, that we've done uh, to onboarding. OK, I'll come back to the assistant, because you mentioned that. But um, you mentioned straight away with the onboarding with, to, with regard to sort of some, some UI changes. What is there anything else in the UI area for the latest release that, that's mm -hmm. either been changed or has been amended to? Right. Yeah. I mean, we did also continue the implementation of the Fiori for iOS design language for uh, in our SDK. Uh, so one feature that was that had quite some demand is that we now have a adaptive version of the Crit Table View control that we had. So we're on iPads, uh, bigger screens. We have have this control that allows you to lay out tables with rows of information very nicely on the big screen. It became a bit of a mess when you wanted to look at this on small form factors where really you couldn't fit in more than two columns or so, but we still we try to squeeze in five or whatever you had. Um, so now we have a very nice and adaptive version of the crit table view that uses actually our existing object cell to render these tables on, on small screens. So instead of having 
the grid line layout, we now have a series of object cells on the screen that show the information in a more nice and concise way on small screens. Very, very nice, very intuitive. And again, it comes with the free with the advantage that it has zero cost to developers. It'll it'll just be that single control and it'll look nice on on regular and compact form factors. So so very good enhancement that we've done here. Um, on the object cell, actually, we also added support for for actions and object cells, uh, something that also a couple application teams wanted to use so that on the object cell itself, there's now a little action button that you can have there. So you, could, you can download content, you can you can toggle things on or off that relate to this object cell, like you want to follow or unfollow certain things or download a file. So, so all that's possible now. Um, we are supporting collection view containers and different items, si item size classes. Uh, so that it's very flexible now and uh, very useful for many apps. And we've done quite some nice enhancements also around search. So if you now want to have uh, give your users, your end users, the capability to search for for certain elements in a in a multi-select uh, scenario, mm -hmm. we have now this uh, search to select view that allows to see a list of all your possible options. You can filter it, you can search for it, you can select many of them. They will show up. The selected ones will show up nicely as little tag type of labels, and you can use these tags easily to then again remove or modify your selection. Um, check out the, the the blocks and the documentation. Really nice UX that you can build um, with a search to select view that you're shipping. Um, I'm assuming also, by the way, that the uh, the SDK, sorry, the uh, Mentor app will actually have those in it as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the Mentor app will, will release together with the SDK, as, as usual. Um, it'll have all the new controls, all the new source code that you need with it. So it should be very easy to try things out with the Mentor. Um, and the other little thing that I just wanted to mention what we've done for the UI side also is, um, in addition to all these new UI controls, uh, we also continue to invest into the existing controls that we have. And we've, again, done quite a few changes and enhancements when it comes to accessibility. Um, so now. We are really looking at, uh, at virtually all of our controls being accessible in, in all possible scenarios that we could think of. So very good for people who rely on our, our apps, or apps being built with our SDK being accessible. Excellent. That sounds really fantastic. Um, and in closing, I've got to sort of close the loop with the SDK Assistant, the Mac OS SDK Assistant app. What, what are we doing with that and the code that's generated by that as well? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So just as we use the mentor to showcase all of our new stuff, also our the, the assistant is the same vehicle on the code level side that we use to showcase all of our new stuff. As we spoke about earlier, um, if you do want to see all the latest onboarding enhancement uh, 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 features that we've built, the easiest is probably to just take the assistant, generate a fresh sample app, and, and, and learn and explore from the code and the sample app that we generate. Um, the the one most visible feature that we've added to the assistant in this release is that the assistant can now also produce offline enabled applications. So on the last screen of the of the assistant of these four steps that you go through, um, there's now at the very bottom a selection that allows you to choose to build an online versus an offline application. Um, offline data is only supported for V2 backends at this stage, but regardless, it can now be used to get an offline enabled application generated out of the box so that you have also a good starting point if you do want to build offline apps and you don't need to take the existing online app and convert it into an offline app, which you had to do till yesterday. Um, also, 
we did make a couple of changes to the generated app so that it looks a bit nicer um, and it showcases better the Fiori for iOS controls that we have. If your OData services happens to have media resources attached to entities, we are actually now showing also images in the list of, of entities. So in the object cells that we use to show collections, you'll now see little images um, at the left, which makes a huge difference from just by looking at the app. Um, and we also showcase how you can leverage uh, OData associations between entities. And the generated app now would also allow you to follow associations. So if you do use, for example, the sample service and create the sample app, we have suppliers and products, and these are linked. And now you can actually, using in the UI, you can browse the, the products, you can see the products, and you can jump to the supplier of the product directly in the UI. So it showcases a bit better also how to do these multi-level navigations, both in the UI as well as how to handle OData associations on the technical level. Um, so yeah. Good stuff to just explore more what can be done with the SDK. Excellent. Andreas, you guys have been very, very busy. Uh, I look forward to uh, what, uh, what our uh, viewers are going to make of this and what, they, what are they going to build. But uh, thank you for taking us through that in the last 10 minutes. Thanks, Andreas. Welcome, Ian. My pleasure, as usual.